Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website all right, so, at calvarydivine.org. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, That's verses Calvary 21 Divine. to 38, I simply entitled Here's today's what teaching. says, For my eyes have seen salvation. For my eyes have seen salvation. We'll look at it in three parts. The fulfillment of the law in verses 21 through 24. Uh, filled with the Spirit, Simeon, verses 25 through 35. And then faithful fasting and prayer, Anna, the prophetess, in verses 36 through 38. Uh, so the last uh, few weeks, we've been looking at those two questions that we've asked that we all should be able to answer, which is, who do you say that I am? And, and what is your response to the birth of Christ? And we're coming to the last two people, Anna and Simeon, and we're going to see their response uh, to the birth of Christ. And, and it's, it's crazy because as this is happening, they're the only two people in the temple that didn't miss Jesus. Now, we're, Christmas was yesterday. How many people missed Christ? Probably a lot, right? Probably a lot, and, and, and I mean, we, we talked about it this past week on, on Wednesday. I mean, the, the, we remember that the number one <laughs> channel on TV is the Hallmark Channel during this time of year. How many, how many Hallmark shows did you see that had Christ in it? Probably not one. The radio turned off, you know, sure enough. It, and, and think about it, the one other thing I thought about is like as the radio turns off and switches from Christmas music because on that XM dial, all those stations that were Christmas are gone. Just that quick. And then I started thinking, how much of it was really Christmas music about Christ? And, and so a lot of people miss the purpose of, of, of Christ. That's why we talked about it's important for our kids, even, you know, for even as a church, to remind them that Christmas is about the Messiah and not about Santa Claus. Uh, and they need to know about who Christ is. That's the important part of Christmas. Uh, and so I, I pray that as we sit in church that we don't miss that encounter as well. And, and for those that are online as well, you, maybe you're catching this online and, and you're just like, did I miss it? There's a response that needs to happen when, when Jesus was born. There's a response that needs to happen when Jesus asks the question, who do you say that I am? So let's look at the fulfillment of the law in verses 21. It says, and, and when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. The name was a uh, name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought uh, him uh, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and uh, to offer sacrifice according to what is said in the law 
of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So this actually comes from the book of Leviticus. And in the book of Leviticus, chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, it says, Speak to the children of Israel. If a woman has conceived and born a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days. And as uh, in the days of her customary impurity, she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day, the flesh of the foreskin uh, shall be circumcised. And then again, it goes back to Exodus. The other part of this is in Exodus 13, verses 1 and 2. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all firstborn, whatever opens a womb among the children of Israel, both a man and beast is mine. And that's in remembrance of the Passover. That's what that's talking about. It's like God's grace and power. And he's saying that every firstborn male, man or beast, that comes into the world has to be redeemed to me. And, and so we know that Joseph and Mary are keeping the law. It's very important because Jesus is a baby, and yet he's going to be someone, the only one, that keeps the law and never breaks the law. He's sinless. And even as an infant, his parents are doing what they've been called to do by the law, which is to have him circumcised and then to go, have a, uh, go prepare a sacrifice at the temple for him. Now, we also know that, that it talks about the lamb. Uh, in Leviticus 12.8, it says, And if she is not able to bring a lamb, then she may bring two turtle doves or two pigeons, one as a burnt offering and the other as a sin offering, so the priest shall make atonement for her, and she will be clean. Uh, very important, Mary and Joseph had no money. The wise men are not here yet. So they were poor. And Jesus comes from very humble, lowly background. He didn't come in as a, as a king of kings. And I, I think I saw it yesterday. Somebody posted a king-sized bed, and it was the manger. And I was like, that's so true. And one of the beauties about that is they, you know, even though they couldn't afford a lamb, they have the Lamb of God in their hands. They have the Lamb of God, right? He will be the sacrifice. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions of your fathers, but with precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish, and without spot. And we know that Jesus spoke about the law. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 on the Sermon on the Mount. It says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. So he, he lived a life in obedience to the law. He kept the law. We couldn't keep it. But he did. And as we leave the law. Now we jump into Simeon. And as we talk about Simeon, I'm going to just kind of go through this. And, and um, the, one of the things I love about Simeon is Simeon's heart is he's just a man that's devout. We talked about it being just. We talked about Joseph last week, a just man, a righteous man, uh, filled with the Spirit. So we'll look at Simeon in verses 25 through 35. And it says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the constellation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And so we see uh, Simeon. Now, in order for Simeon to be a just and devout man, he would have had to have consistent practice of being someone who spent time with God. It's such an important thing for us as well as 
uh, our daily focus should be spending time with the Lord. Uh, one of the other things we see is that he was waiting for the constellation of Israel. Uh, and, and, and it's very important that you see it's waiting for the constellation. It's the same thing. There's only, when we talked about it in the Word became flesh, the only son. There's only one. There's no one else you should look for. Even in Israel, you know, the, the Jews of today are still looking for the Messiah. He's already come. And, and, and so waiting for the constellation, that's the hope of Jesus Christ. And, and it talks about him, uh, the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, we have to remember this goes back to Old Testament because Jesus hasn't died on the cross and resurrected. So the Holy Spirit would come upon someone. Uh, and so he, he had the Holy Spirit upon him. And so for us, one of the things I love is it's the same thing for us. Is we have the option because we, we're on the other side of grace. So when we give our life to Jesus Christ, we repent and we believe in our heart. And then we're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in us. So the only way that we can live this life as a Christian is not in your power. It's not in your power. Even, even Jesus, my son was sharing this with me. He's teaching the youth today. And, um, and he was sharing this with me. He's like, Dad, I was reading something because we were talking about the Holy Spirit. He goes, I was reading something in Matthew and, and it was talking about Jesus had corrected the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he told them, y'all try to do what the law requires but you'll never do what you're supposed to do because it's not being done in the power the power of the holy spirit we try and and anybody who's gone to alto frio um it used to be it's it's out and and i'll I'll probably say this wrong and if you say leaky or lakey texas wrong they get offended i mean to the point where they're ready to fight I've had somebody actually correct me and yell at me in an elevator. It's, I, I still don't even know how to pronounce it, so I'm always afraid to say it because I'm waiting for that guy to come out and go, it's leggy. Um, but one of the things that happens when you go to Alto Frio to the, um, to the Baptist encampment when we would go to retreats, to youth retreats and to uh, men's retreats and stuff like that, if you didn't have AT&T, you had no phone. You could have a phone, so you could have this, but if it didn't have AT&T with the card in it, you, weren't, you had no service. You had no GPS, no text, no phone, no nothing. It didn't even matter if you were Roman. You could not connect. And that's how you know, it is for us with the signal of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like you can, you can have the phone all day long. We had probably a, a hundred guys sitting in that room, and only three or four of them had actual connection to the to the uh, wi-fi to be able to make a phone call out and and that's for us too one of the things we need to remember is that when the holy spirit the holy spirit resides in us but the thing that that creates that disconnection of power is when we're in sin that's the biggest thing that will cause a disruption in power in psalm 24 verses 3 and 4 it says who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or, or who may stand in his holy place, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. See, what happens is in order for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it, it, needs to, it starts with our submission to Jesus. 
But, but when you're filled with idolatry and sin, it's going to create a problem. And that's why you see people get tired in the flesh when they're trying to serve. It's, they're, they're, they're not connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. They've they, they got something. There's something that's causing that disruption. And it, it doesn't always have to be sin. It can just be that you just haven't been spending time with God. You know, there's just a, that drifting that happens. In Psalm 66, 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So if we refuse to admit our sin, despite receiving the conviction of the Holy Spirit, because when you're doing wrong and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll know. You'll know when you said something to your wife or you said something to your husband and you, you, you know, I shouldn't have said that immediately. That, was, that crossed the line. Like it's, it's here and it's here. And you know you need to ask for forgiveness. That's the Holy Spirit. But when you decide to, I'm not listening to that. I'm going to just go ahead and keep going. You're in sin. You're in sin. And, and that's what happens is, do you think God uh, would really bless your stubbornness and disobedience? No. Do you think you're going to be connected to the, the power of the Holy Spirit if you're being hard-headed and being stubborn? You're going to have no bars. No bars. And so if I'm walking in sin, I'm not hearing. And this is the other part that people, people don't get. It's like we think that, that God is... is, is uh, because it says in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard my iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If you're walking in sin, God ain't hearing you. Your prayers are hindered. It says the same thing when, a, when, a, when spouses are fighting. Prayers are hindered. You need to, you need to deal with that. And, and, you know, I've talked to couples many times, and, and they're like, they're... Well, he did this and she did that. And I'm like, but I'm praying for him. I was like, you need to pray for you and ask God to, for forgiveness. Because all, all this is hindering the prayers. And that's what happens. In Psalm uh, 25, 14, it says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. So when we're connected to the power of the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll let you know what you're supposed to be doing. He places that call on your heart. Malachi 3.16 says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So Simeon is a man who has spent time in God's Word, spent time in prayer, spent time probably meditating on the Word of God, and waiting to hear from the Lord, and God has placed His Holy Spirit upon him. It's, it's such an important thing. And, and I love that because at the end of the day, we need it. We need the Holy Spirit. And Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We need to be seeking God. And James 4, 8 says, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. You need to have that connection to the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how Simeon got this connection because remember the Holy Spirit wasn't given to every every believer it just went upon certain people that God gave it to maybe Simeon was reading Isaiah 7 14 where it talks about the the birth of Christ and and he's like 
I believe that's going to happen. And the Holy Spirit comes upon him and says, you're not going to see death until you see the Christ. And, 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 but you've you got to bet that he, God's not going to put the Holy Spirit upon a person at this time on somebody who's disobedient and not following him. And, and so that's why we see that drifting or that disconnection that happens as we spend less and less time with God. And then what, what we end up doing is we, we start drifting. And the further we drift, the more that we start having problems with our relationship with the Lord. And that's when sin kind of starts to creep in. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Maybe you walked in here today and you're tired. <laughs> You've had a long Christmas already. And you're just like, please, let's move to the next holiday, right? That happens. Uh, that happens. I mean, before you know it, and this, this Friday is already New Year's. And it's, we're riding through the next one. But Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount, upon, uh, mount up with the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, this is what Simeon's doing. Simeon is waiting on the Lord. And he's, we know that he's of old age, but we don't know his actual age. But he's waiting because he says, I'm, I'm, I'm not departing until I see the Messiah. And anybody who knows what it's like to get old, old is not for the weak. To get old is not for the weak. I was talking to my dad about that yesterday. And verse 26, and it says, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death. And he had seen, uh, and before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so as we talked about that being not until the Holy Spirit reveals there's an anticipation he's waiting for this to happen and then we see in verse 27 so he came by the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to to uh, to do for him according to the custom of the law that's so cool is that so he came by the spirit so he's coming at the exact time the exact moment that he's supposed to be in the temple when the Messiah is supposed to be there. Now, think about all the times that you've been prompted to talk to somebody or you've been prompted to be at church and you're like, man, I, I'm tired. And, and you know you're supposed to be there. When that spirit comes upon you, are you going to be obedient and do what it's asking you to do? My son, and I have a great example of this, he worked on the 23rd till closing and then he he had six my lord it was 6 30 on the 24th i had to get up and take him to work he worked all day and he was going to go to christmas eve service now we were all sick and so we were like i'm hoping i'm like man do i have to drive him to church because i'm tired not feeling great and and um he's like and he was tired and he's like, I don't know, Dad, I, I, I need to be there. And I was like, okay, well, then let's get you there. Now, he said there was this battle that was going on. Man, it would be nice just to stay home and just chill out. But he had invited somebody to church earlier in the week. And they showed up that night, and they were looking for him. So he did what the Holy Spirit had given him to do, which was go to church. He knew he had to be there. He goes, I don't know what it was. It was something that was on my heart. I needed to go. Now, how many of us do that on a Wednesday night? 
I go through the same thing sometimes. You know, well, you're teaching, but no, sometimes I'm telling you there's a struggle that does happen, but we need to be led by the Spirit. The Spirit don't care about your feelings and emotions. Okay? You need to put those aside. If, if God's calling you to do something, be obedient to it, the call and answer it. And to be led by the Spirit, one of the things that governs that is your life needs to be gospel-centered, Christ-centered. It, it needs to be something that where you're understanding that, that uh, I want to be connected and understand the, the promptings of the Holy Spirit in that manner. The first thing is, it's like you need to have a life that's gospel-centered. And, and it's not so much, I, I think a lot of times what we think is, is, is that, you know, the, it, it's not so much that it's about right behavior. What I mean by that is sometimes we think that we can, I'm going to do this in my flesh. I, I'm going to try to control my sin. You can't. You can't. You, it's, it, you don't have the, the ability to do that. And, and so one of the things that we need to remember as we have the Holy Spirit, we have the helper. And, and Jesus tells us that in John 14, 16. It says, And I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper that he may abide with forever. Holy, uh, and, and one of the other things it says in John 14, 26, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that, that I said to you. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Are you being led by the Spirit? Are you, do you have Scripture on your heart so when God, the Holy Spirit, is, is bringing things to remembrance to you? Because that's when you're having temptations. If you don't have Scripture there, what, is he, what are you bringing up from memory? Like there's nothing in the file. Right? There has to be something there. Psalm 143.10 says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprighteousness. See, we have to surrender ourselves and be guided by the spirit the way that Simeon was. And I love that about Simeon. Simeon was a man that, that I mean, he just gets up. You don't know what he's doing, but he's like, I've got to go to the temple. There's something on my heart, I need to go to the temple. I need to go. He doesn't, doesn't argue about it, just goes. Uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I love is that essential for us in our daily walk with God is, uh, and, and also for us to be connected with the power of the Holy Spirit the way that Simeon was, is we need to acknowledge God's presence in our life and that you need His grace. That grace is there for you every day. That's something that, that a lot of people struggle with because they think it's something they're supposed to do in their own strength, and you can't. You can't. It, it tells us in John fifteen five. it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. See, when you're trying to live this life in Christ in your own flesh, you will be tired you will feel beat down. You will feel like it's toil. And, and, you know, we know that if you read Galatians 5, 19 through 26, it's this beautiful verse that talks about the parallels of flesh and spirit. 
And, and, and it talks about the, it's an easy way for you. Am I walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh? Because it says now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentiousness, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and like, uh, and the uh, like of which I, I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If those things are in your life, you need to repent. You've got to repent. That's the flesh. That's going to hinder you from walking in the Spirit. It's, it's evident in our walk. And, and then, then look at the parallel in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I can tell you when you're in your flesh and you're doing works, there'll be strain, there'll be labor, there'll be toil. But we used to have this, when we lived in Hawaii, we had these trees in the backyard. They would just produce fruit. I never heard them straining. And, they would, and it was just beautiful. They would grow over time, these beautiful bananas that we would have and stuff. And it, it just happens. And so we need to remember that you need to be driven by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Like, are you producing those things? The, the, the key to all of that, and we're going to talk about that when we talk about the vision for 2022, is the key to every bit of that is love. It's love. None of that other fruit is produced without love. You don't produce joy or peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control without love. Without it. You need that. Second thing that we need in the Holy Spirit, the way that Simeon had that, that prompting of the Holy Spirit, was to believe. We need to believe God's promise, promises and, and look, look past your own perspective. Um, I don't want to go back to how I used to be. So why would I continue that thinking? That's... Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, one of the first verses I learned as a believer. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He, he shall direct your path. It was my own understanding and my own ways that brought me to that place of brokenness, to the end of myself. Why would I want to go back to it? And as a Christian, somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit who you have this, this constant battle. Every day that you wake up, there is a flesh and spirit battle that happens in your life. Every day. And which one are you going to be governed by? See, I, for me, I want to I do what God has called me to do and trust in His promises and His Word and not in my own understanding. That's what I want to be led by. And too many people in the church, what, they, what happens with them is Jesus said it in John 6, verse 63, the Spirit gives life and the flesh profits nothing. Not a, nothing, nothing. There's nothing that you profit from your flesh. And yet we see so many that are in the church 
and they go right back to their past and they start doing some of the same things and they'll sit in church on Sunday and, and nothing's changed. Attendance is not going to save you. That doesn't, you know, God didn't go, well, you know what, you made how many Sundays? You're in. No, that's not how that works. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. The dead is gone, right? You're, you're to die to yourself daily and pick up the cross. You need to put that old creation in the grave and leave it there. Leave the past where the past is. God has a new thing for you. And, and in order for you to grow, that's part of it. Lastly, one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit is we rely on God's power and His sufficiency for our lives. Too many Christians are relying on their, on their own power. This is where so many Christians are tired and worn down by the life that's happening and, and the things that are going on in the world. We're, we feel beat down. Because we rely on our own mindset. We, we don't rely on the spiritual mindset. If we have God's power that resides in us and His sufficiency for our lives, do, does it matter if I take my last breath on this earth? No, it doesn't. Because this is not the end of me. How many people were afraid and hunkered down as soon as everything started going out when it first started breaking out in 2020. We were just talking about, I, I remember my, we had family members that worked in the medical field. They would change in the, um, in the garage. Strip down, change, wash everything. And I was like, do you realize there were stuff that you didn't do that for? <laughs> I got the flu from you last time, dude. I'm like, why did you do it then? You know, it's like, it, but that's, that's, the, that's our mindset because we have a mindset of the world. The spiritual mindset is to understand that, look, we, we, we won't find rest in this world. We'll find peace in Jesus Christ. We need to rely on Him and not rely on the things of this world. Uh, you know, Paul, one of the things I love in 2 Corinthians verses 4 and 7, it says, but we have... Uh, the treasure and earthly vessels that are excellent of uh, the power may, uh, may be of God and not of us. It's like we're in these, these earthly vessels, but it's, it's the power of God. It's the power of God that resides in us. And in verse 28, let's get back to it. It says, and he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, take him. Uh, and he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen salvation. This is amazing because this man has been told that he's going to see the Messiah and he's holding the Messiah. And he says the words, my eyes have seen, uh, have seen your salvation. And, and one of the things I love about this is that he talks about it. He says, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. Who's the gospel to go out to? All peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and, to, and the glory of your people Israel. And then uh, Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. The thing that I love about that the most that Simeon does is Simeon is seen, because he has the Holy Spirit in him, he gets the whole picture. Even the disciples didn't get it till they got the what? Holy Spirit upon them. He understands that the gospel is supposed to go to the Jewish nation 
and to the Gentiles, to all people. He got it. As he's holding salvation. And that's, that's a beautiful picture. And, and I love, you know, Simeon's response to Jesus. He blesses him and worships him. The same response we should have. And at the same time, Joseph and Mary, they marveled. So they're still responding to their beautiful son, Jesus. And they're marveled at the things that were spoken to him of him. In verse 34, it says, Then Simeon blessed them. And not only does Simeon bless the Savior and worship the Savior, he blesses the parents. And they needed that encouragement at this time. And said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, the sword will pierce through your, soul, your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That is a very important scripture because behold, a child is destined and there will be so many people that will fall and rise. That's why we were talking about there has to be a response to Jesus Christ and his birth. You'll either fall or rise. You'll either go to heaven or you'll go to hell. That's how this works. There, there's no in-between here. He's the, the consolation. The only son. And, and that's why it's important that we look at it that way. And we talked about, I won't go into it too much because we don't have much time. Uh, but we talked about Mary and how that piercing of the soul is going to happen to her when her son is crucified. And you can imagine also just seeing her son being persecuted throughout his ministry. And uh, let's look at our last little piece here. Faithful fasting and prayer by Anna. And verse 36, it says, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of uh, Phanel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with husband seven years from her virginity. And so she's an older woman. She's, she, her husband had died when she was young, and yet she's been a widow. And it says a widow for 84 years. So who is she married to? God. God takes care of her. Same with my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law has been a widow for many years. You know what God has done? God has taken care of her. I, I mean, God has provided for her in, in, in ways that we, we could never think. And, and so we need to remember that. It's like your husband is the Lord. We always remind her of that. Now, that doesn't mean that she don't miss her earthly husband and that she goes through that, but her husband is the Lord. He will take care of you. And, and we, had, we had a few widows in our church as well and and um that was one of the things they always would always bring them comfort uh is to know that 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 their husband was god what a better husband right you can't get any better than that you know it's like and and then i we had one widow that she's remarrying now uh, you know i found out during um the women's uh, dinner that we found out she's remarrying. And I knew her husband, Mark. He was such a sweet man. Very patient. Very patient man. And uh, he died of cancer. 
um, and and she's remarrying after I, it's probably been eight nine years. And and so you know we never know what God has planned, and so, uh, but she is a widow. But she has decided, and this is what's beautiful about this. Now you go, how come she doesn't have the Holy Spirit upon her? Remember, it was selective. But she decided that she was going to serve God with the rest of this time that she has. She's serving God through fasting and prayer. And and one of the things it talks about is prophetess, and so we need to explain that. Uh, a prophetess is not a pastor, okay? Because that, that's an argument that we won't get into. We don't have the time to do that, but it's not a pastor. A prophetess, according to the Strong's Concordance, the Greek word actually means a woman whom the future events or things hidden from others are at time revealed either by the inspiration of dreams and visions. We have a young lady that actually attends here. She came here. And we met her when we did the night of worship. That's something that she has. She receives dreams and visions. Things that, that only God would reveal about people or to be able to minister to people. And one of the things I love that she said is she said that I don't watch TV. Because I don't want to mess with the gift that God has given me. And I was like, wow. She takes it very seriously. Which is important. Because there's a lot of mess out there. <laughs> you know, we know that. Um, and so there were other prophetess. You can read about them in Exodus 15.20 and Judges 4.4. 4. Miriam was a prophetess. Deborah was a prophetess. And so we know that, that that is happening. One of the things that she comes from, Phanel actually means face of God. That was the tribe of her father. And so she spends her time serving God, walking with God, being devoted to God. And I, and I love that because it says, in the, uh, you know, it, at the end of the day, it says, and, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. She was seeking in obedience to walk with God. And yet, the same time Simeon's holding the Messiah, she sees it. Now, she didn't receive a prompting from the Holy Spirit. I think it's something that God just blessed her with to be able to see this. And, and, and you know, Simeon being led by the Spirit and Anna was just loving God and putting, uh, putting her right at the right place at the right time. And it says, And coming in an instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she sees it in an instant. She knows what's happening. So in this temple, only two people get it. That's why I said, who missed Christmas? Only two people in the temple got this. And, and so, it's very funny because what you have is two things. You have a vertical and then a horizontal with both Simeon and Anna. Because what she does is first she gives thanks. That's what she does in response to Jesus, the Messiah, the birth of Christ. She gives thanks, but then she goes and tells everybody horizontal. Simeon, same thing. He blesses God and then blesses Mary and Joseph. And that's a beautiful picture because it, it shows their hearts. It shows their hearts as, as servants of God that they both, they both love God and love people. And, and so for us, I mean, this is a beautiful uh, verse and two beautiful people to see just how devoted they were to 
worshiping and blessing the Lord. And, and Anna, even in her response, she goes out and she tells everybody. And this just goes back to what, what we learned. is This, this is going to be you'll either reject or repent. This will be the rise of the fall. This is life or death. That's why we said there's eternal consequences to the response and how you answer the question. Now, I'll close up in this, and, and as, as we uh, call it a, a, a day, uh, in John 3.16, we know the verse very well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's the verse everybody remembers. They love that verse, but they don't read down. As it says in verse 17, For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you go, oh, okay, that's cool. Wait till you get to verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You don't believe. There's, there are the rise and the fall. People love John 3.16, but they don't read John 3.18. There's a consequence. There's a consequence. And so we need to remember that as we look at Scripture. You know, sometimes we want to cherry pick a certain Scripture, but you need to read it in context. Because remember, Nick, Nicholas, Mr. Nick at night, he didn't want to come see Jesus during the daytime because he didn't want everybody to see. And Jesus was telling him, look, you're either going to believe in me or you're not. There's consequences to this. And that's the same thing that Simeon is saying. Simeon saw that. That's the beauty of Simeon being filled with the Spirit. Let me tell you something. As, as a Christian, we all need, and, and I pray, you know, it's just every now and then you need to ask that from God. Lord, give me a fresh one in the Holy Spirit. Just give me a fresh one in the Holy Spirit. Because uh, I, I, you know, I want to be led by God. I don't want to be doing things in my flesh. I know what my flesh can do. So we need to remember that. It's very easy to get wrapped up in the world and miss the things that we are supposed to be not missing like Christmas because Christmas was about Christ it wasn't about Christmas it wasn't about the commercial Christmas that we see okay let's pray Father God we thank you so much for today I thank you just for uh, Miss Donna and for uh, for Chloe uh, for jumping in the um, the room and helping out with the kids as we we, I know Miss Teresa is still not feeling good, and we pray for her to heal up. And I, I pray for the backup that didn't make it because she started running fever. Um, we just ask, Lord, and we thank you for blessing us with being able to be here today, for all the helping hands that we've had. And, um, and we just thank you, Lord, just for all that you're doing in this church. I pray that uh, for each of us, Lord, that are here, I pray for a fresh one in the Holy Spirit. For those that are watching online, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you've repented and believe in your heart uh, that Jesus is Lord and was resurrected. I, I pray uh, the Holy Spirit resides in you. I pray that fresh one of the Holy Spirit for you as well. I pray that we have that as we look into 2022. There are so many people that are living in fear, that are struggling with anxiety, that are struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts or 
marriage issues or whatever's going on, Lord, I pray that we would be a light uh, in this world, that we would um, be connected to the power of the Holy Spirit, and that we could put those past decisions away and start looking to allowing the Spirit to lead us. Uh, and so we thank you so much for all that you're doing, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.